Hi, everyone, and thank you for joining us on this episode of the Iowa Pharmacy Association's Board of Pharmacy What, Why, and How podcast. My name is Seth Brown, Director of Public Affairs with IPA, and it is great to join you today. My co-host, Brett Barker, is unable to join us today as he's wearing one of his many other hats, aside from being IPA Senior Policy Advisor. He'll be missed, but we are lucky to have friend of the show, Sue Mears from the Board of Pharmacy, joining us again to explain the what, why, and how of the latest Board of Pharmacy action. Sue, thanks for joining us today. Yeah, thanks. Before we get started, I should note we are hot off the 2023 Iowa legislative session, which wrapped up during the daylight hours of Thursday, May 4th. Uh, it was an active session for all involved, including IPA, so we will be providing updates to members soon. Sue, the Board of Pharmacy kept a close eye on the session, but we won't be talking about the legislative session on this podcast. Instead, we'll be talking about executive agency rulemaking and executive order 10. So, Sue, as I understand it, administrative agencies across the state have been tasked with reviewing their respective rule sections and several other things through uh, an executive order from Governor Reynolds. Um, what exactly does executive order 10 do um, and how does it impact the Board of Pharmacy and other agencies across the state? Yeah, so just like you said, um, Governor Reynolds um, signed Executive Order 10 back in January, and it calls on all state agencies to completely review um, their administrative rules. And so basically, the order sets out that um, every agency is assigned a year for their review, and at the end of that year, um, the board, you know, the agency's rules are essentially rescinded unless the agency has repromulgated rules in their place. Um, so agencies have to completely um, revamp their rules and um, the Board of Pharmacy was assigned the year 2024. Um, some agencies are assigned this year, some are in 2025, and I believe it goes even into 2026 for some agencies. Got it, thank you. Uh, could you speak to why these measures have been adopted? What's what's the goal? Yeah, there's been um, an significant interest in recent years from the legislative side to reduce the regulatory burden on um, businesses. And there've been different bills that just haven't quite made it through the process. Um, so this, um, executive order pretty much um, does kind of accomplishes that goal of getting agencies to really take a crack at their rules and get rid of as much as they can that is overly burdensome or, or overly costly. Um, you know, we just we have an awful lot of administrative rules and over the years they just continue to grow and you know, pharmacy certainly is is guilty of that. Our rules are north of 300 pages. Um, you know, and a lot of things have factored into how those rules have grown and, and come to be where they are. So the goal is really to just um, get rid of unnecessary rules, get rid of rules that are just duplicating what is in code, um, and then reducing the burden wherever we can. Got it. Yeah, that sounds similar to IPA's efforts to modernize our Practice Act. You know, we really wanted to remove restrictive language on Iowa pharmacists and put more power in the hands of the profession. So um, can definitely understand uh, the the intent there. Uh, what type of changes should Iowa pharmacists expect to see? How will practice be in, uh, impacted by this rulemaking effort? 
Yeah, it's hard to say really at this point. Um, we're just getting started on the process. And again, the, the board's assigned year is 2024. Um, so we won't know exactly until we kind of get further along in the process. Um, yeah, I think the overall goal is to move closer towards a standard of care expectation for pharmacies and pharmacists and not get so in the weeds on all of our rules. Um, I think one example would be AMDS rules, right? When AMDS first came on the scene in pharmacies, the technology was new, you know, there's a lot of unknowns. Um, and so the board had an entire chapter of regulations for notices and reports and monitoring and, and all this because it just was so new and they wanted to make sure to have a good handle on it. And then over time, it has become more mainstream. The, um, you know, the quality and the um, accuracy of the machines is is more um, consistent and, and more, um, more just well known. And so several years ago when the telepharmacy rules needed to be redone, um, then the, the board had an opportunity to take a look at those AMDS rules and, and realize that um, they just didn't need all of those um, those rules. So what had been a whole chapter was reduced to one rule. Um, so I'm hoping that you know that we can look more in that direction for for some of these aspects of pharmacy practice that are more mainstream and and um, you know handled technology um, is able to track what people are doing. Um, but exactly how that will look is hard to say as the uh, the board works their way through that process. The rules committee works through that process. Sure. Yeah, and we can certainly uh, kind of pin ourselves in or slow ourselves down by trying to write everything in, in code or in the rules. So um, I can understand that effort. Um, you touched on it a bit, but um, what is the timeline for the rewrite and the review? And if you don't mind speaking to the process a bit, that might be helpful to members as well. Yeah. Um, so, yeah, the board's assigned year is 2024. Um, so by the end of 2024, we will have to have new rules um, that we want to have continued will have to be filed for notice. Um, but before we get to that point, um, we have to file a report with the governor's office with a summary or a report of what um, what our review, um, I guess the summary of, of the result of our review, if you will, um, to say what chapters we want to get rid of or rules we want to get rid of and what we want to keep. Um, and including the regulatory analysis or the impact of small business. Um, we just have to give all that information to the, the governor's office and assuming that they are comfortable with um, the path that the board chooses, then we would um, go forward with the, the notice. Um, and then during the notice phase, we would have to have two public hearings, um, but even backtracking from the um, the governor's office report that's due September 1 um, so we would have to have our work done in the summer of 2024 so that the board can have um, you know at least one or two meetings to review and give some feedback um, so trying to work the timeline backwards um, we we took a look at all of the board's rules and code provisions and we drafted a list of all the code sections that impact the board, either requiring or allowing the board to write rules. Um, and then we sorted it kind of in different buckets of topics 
So buckets being like board organization or licensing um, or the PMP or controlled substances. Um, and so then we are assigning the different rules committee meetings. The rules committee meets every other month opposite of the board meetings in general um, and just breaking down those topics and assigning those topics to be reviewed at rules committee meetings between now and next summer. Um, and we're going into a rules committee meeting about whatever topic is on the agenda for that meeting and starting with kind of a skeleton of rules based on what code says we have to or what we can have rules about and then discussing it and seeing what you know where the gaps need to be filled in and to add in whatever needs to be um, to ensure the public safety. So that's kind of a, a general overview of, of how um, we're going to work through this process and start from a zero base. Um, and so in general, we're looking at um, a complete repeal and replace of the whole administrative code 657. Um, so for example, instead of having a licensing chapter for pharmacists and technicians and PSPs having everything in one licensing chapter and then breaking out the practice standards in a separate chapter. It's kind of what we're it's what we're working from at this point at least if that helps. Yeah, absolutely. That's very helpful. Uh, it's certainly a long effort, but you know, we know the Board of Pharmacy is well suited to tackle this effort, so it'll be exciting to see uh, the end product and and how things progress. Um, anything else that you'd like to add that might be helpful for members and listeners? Um, I guess just if you are not already, um, I would encourage people to subscribe to the board's um, publications and, and press releases um, because as we work through this process and we get to the point where um, we have to hold public hearings, um, we'll have to do a public hearing on all of our proposed changes before we even submit to the governor's office and then after they're filed for notes we have two public hearings so for all of these topics of rules there will be at least three hearings so um, we always put out a press release before we hold a hearing so that would be a good opportunity for people to keep aware um, of that as it's coming along um, and then just the next board meeting will be the end of June, June 27th and 28th. Great. Yeah, and IPA will definitely uh, communicate to our members all the uh, public hearings coming up and any board action that does occur. Um, we're looking forward to, to seeing some of the product that comes out at the end and providing feedback. So it should be a, a great process that uh, definitely helps the profession moving forward. So we're looking forward to it. Well, Sue, thank you for your oversight and your your overview and your insight, excuse me, and I appreciate you coming on again to share what the Board of Pharmacy is up to. Um, and thank you listeners for joining us on another episode of the What, Why, and How podcast. Uh, we hope you join us on the next episode.